Welcome to the Gospel Central Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Please visit our website at gospelcentral.church for more information. Hi there, it's so great to be with you once more as we look to learn some lessons from James, the brother of Jesus. Have you ever read, read stories of amazing heroes of the faith, maybe world changers, and you picked up the book, and when you put, put the book down, you sort of left with this sort of low feeling of all these amazing things that this person has gone through, and these profound life-changing moments. Maybe you have that same feeling when you spend time on social media. And you look at people posting pictures of them having an amazing holiday, maybe an overseas holiday, and they always have a smile on their face. And it seems like life is so good for them. And you wonder, why can't I have that kind of life? And see, I think there's one key thing that we missed in all these highlights that's presented to us in books and maybe in media. And that is that most of the change that you and I experience, most of those things that have been moments, pivotal moments that, that change the direction of our lives, has often been found in the mundane, smallest moments as we live our lives. Because I know one thing that most of us, or not most of us, all of us, live most of our lives in the small mundane moments. That's where we live. That's where most of the change is happening. And because I know that God cares about the details of our lives, I know that His grace is not only available when we find ourselves uh, faced with incredible, life-changing, highlight moments, but that He's also deeply invested in those small mundane moments where we live. That's where we will also find these enabling grace. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging? What I also know is in these mundane sort of small moments, which nobody ever knows about, there's also an incredible amount of talk happening. Small talk, um, self-talk, some more than others. My wife will tell you that her husband audibly speaks to himself in his office. Now, that's just crazy. Sort of a dialogue with myself. I don't know, but there's a lot of talk happening. Isn't it incredible when we, when we, when we, when we have our first child and, and, and they speak their first words and, and, and we all sort of bunching around this maybe a little girl and we can't wait for that first word to come out or maybe it comes out in, in playing or, or interacting with this little girl. And we're hoping that the first word they're going to say is, of course, your daddy. Uh, and the mom hopes it's mama. And, 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 and maybe you are an incredible spiritual, spiritual that you hope that the first word that comes out is Jesus. And maybe that's true. And, and I, when I have my, my kids are bigger now. And one day when I hopefully will be a grandfather and I want my grandchildren to, of, of course, I would love them to say Jesus, a mom and dad. But then I want to quickly teach them that word 
coffee, very important word, and then a very simple word after that, Liverpool Football Club, it's very easy, and so, so isn't it exciting when we, it's exciting when we hear these, these words that come out of these little kids' its mouth, Jesus is invested in our world of, of, of mundane moments, And see, Jesus, or James rather, James wants us to focus in James 3, in the third chapter that he's writing to this audience. He wants us to sort of hone in, focus on this mundane world of talk that most of us, or that we live on most of our life in. And let's read with me, if you have your Bible with you, and I would encourage you to get your Bible ready to read your own Bible as well, and not just follow on a screen. And it says in James 3 and verse 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for he who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. What we see here is James is immediately alluding to the fact that talk is a big deal. So if you want to teach, for instance, you want to talk in the church, you want to teach in the church, I just want to say to you, my dear audience, I want to say to you, you need to be very careful here. Uh, he's, he's sort of reprimanding some that he's speaking to and he's saying, uh, you, you, you're actually sharing a false doctrine. You're telling people that once you come to the faith, you're going to be in and you don't have to worry. We'll find that you can go and read that for yourself in the, in the other chapters of, of James where he talks about this. He, and, and, and he's now reprimanding these teachers, these talkers, and he's saying to them, you're teaching a false doctrine that tells people that if once they're in, they don't have to worry how they live their lives. They Faith, but they don't need to work. There's nothing. They don't have to even look like they're Christians. That's, that's, it ends there. And he says, whoa, you're teaching a false doctrine. here. You need to be careful. The Bible says, or oh, I want to tell you now that you will, a stricter judgment is waiting for you. It's like he's already just warming us up before he continues in this chapter and saying to us, this whole thing that seems to be so small, this talk that we talk world we live in is a big deal. Stricture judgment, wait for those that want to teach in the church. And what I, one thing I know is that there's no clearer, no greater and more consistent penetrating evidence that I need Christ, me, Marnie, that I need God to rescue me all the time, that I need God's forgiveness. When I listen to my talking, when I listen to how I talk to myself, how I talk to others, those that I love, those around me, that which comes out of my mouth. Have you ever wondered how you would feel if we could get a recording of your talk? And we can take it, we can record it, that which you've said last month or the last month, the last week, even yesterday, and we can play it for all to hear on sort of speakers like the Muslims do. You know, play it out on a huge amplifier. Imagine that. We need to acknowledge that the world of talk is a world of trouble for all of us. 
And I, there's not, one thing I know, there's not a person that doesn't struggle with his tongue. And, and often I refer to myself in the past that I've got tongue, um, foot and mouth disease. You know, I put my foot into in it. I say something and it's like, oh, I can't believe I just said that. And, and I've heard people sometimes say, oh, I didn't mean that. And, and I've started saying to myself and I have sometimes said it to others and I said, no, you did mean that. No, but I didn't mean it that way. No, but it's in the heart is what comes out of the mouth. We've all struggled with our tongues. That unhasty comment we make, that thing that just, we just shoot from the hip, that proud word we speak, that self-serving exaggeration words that sort of makes us, make us look better than we are, that those words we speak that, that manipulates and leads to flattery, those words that are self-serving, those words of anger that just poured out of our mouths at some times when we don't get what we want. That slander that we so that just rolls from the hip, that gossip, sort of putting people in, talking about people when they're not around, those impure words that's coming out, so we quickly uh, cursing, rebellious words of rebellion, words of condemnation, condemning people, judging people, threatening people, uh, words that induce shame upon people or inflict guilt on people, thoughtless words. Words rolling out of our hearts, boasting, words of criticism. As you can see, our words, our talk, our tongue, as a mine. There are so many minds to step in here when we think of the words we speak, of our talking. In verse 7 of this chapter, James says the following. He says, people can tame all kinds of animals. Birds, reptiles, and fish. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. <whistles> Imagine, hear what he says about the tongue. But what, what, he's, what, he's, what he's actually saying to us here, he's saying to us, guys, I just want to say one thing. You do not have autonomous power to solve this problem. This problem is poison. This, this problem of talk is such a big deal. You cannot solve this problem. You need something outside of you to help you. You are not in a position to deal with your tongue. It it can only be solved by the transformational grace of a savior, of a redeemer. Allow God, allow God today to speak into your heart regarding this matter of talk. Allow him to point to those troubles in your heart so that He can help you to be transformed into the image of Christ. Let's continue in the, in, in the third chapter. And we're reading from the third verse now. It says, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. Verse 4 says, And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. 
It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. It's like James is going for the juggler. It's like strong words. uh, And what James is talking about here, what he's saying is, imagine the bit, the bit in the mouth of a horse can move a whole horse. Imagine the rudder, the small rudder of a ship at the back can take that ship and can move it to the left or to the right. Or that a tiny spark can cause a whole big forest to burn down. And see, that, what, what, what James is alluding to is that is exactly the kind of power that God has given you in your ability to communicate. The tongue, the deadly tongue, if it's not under the Lordship of Christ. You and I have never spoken a neutral word in our lives. Our words have got meaning. Our, our words carry uh, with it something much more than, than just emptiness. When we speak words, it, it, it either goes in, the, in a life direction or it goes into, in a death direction. How often, have we, how often in our daily walk do we speak words of hope, words, words of peace, words of reconciliation, words filled with grace and mercy and gentleness that encourages, that forgives, that, that speaks of wisdom and truth. How often does our words go in the direction of life? Oh, so often, and I look at myself so often, my words speak in the direction of death. Words of condemnation, words of anger welling up within me, words of malice, of slander, of gossip and criticism and judgment. How easy do those words just flow from our hearts, from within? One thing I know for sure, and that is that when we look at healthy human relationships... It always will contain some wholesome, wonderful, loving, glorious communication. Always linked to a healthy human relationship. But what I've also seen when I've, when I've counseled uh, numerous couples, when I've spoken to parents, when I hear and when I, when I observe bad and toxic relationships, you can be sure about one thing. Behind those toxic relationships is a breakdown in communication, is, is, is words uh, or that, that speaks in the direction of death, constantly spoken to one another. Words or that, 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 is, that is evil in its nature, that are, that are, that are in, uh, intended to bruise the other one, intended to hurt the other one. What I notice is that long after physical bruises have healed, wounds of the heart still live with power within us. As parents, how often have we, in, in a moment of frustration and, and irritation and exhaustion, uh, said things to our kids that we should never have said to them, that they should never have heard? And then we, we have that lame follow-on statement, yeah, but they know I love them. I know they, they know I care about them. What about replacing that with repentance and saying, I'm sorry, should never have said that. I can imagine that child just sitting in that room and thinking, wow, that's helpful. 
You know, I, 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 want, I would love my dad to be more in my life. I would love him to speak those words to me much more. And, you know, my mom, I mean, uh, those kind of things she's saying, oh, I just love her. I wish she can just come and, you know, get a bed and stay in my room with me. But that's not what they do. It's not what's happening. You see, those words, those very words that, that are meant to encourage and stimulate uh, the kid uh, is, is the words that actually uh, stirs up rebellion in that child, the very thing that we don't want present in our children. Husbands, when, when you speak harsh words of criticism towards your wife, does, does that make her love you more? Does it make her trust you more? How many relationships do you know have been, have been set on fire, burned to the ground with, with words that, that speak in the direction of death, spoken to that person, words of, that, that, is, that is, contains in itself selfishness, self-centeredness, words of bitterness, words of anger and judgment and criticism. God has placed a powerful gift in our mouths. It will influence the course of life. It will influence the very character of all your relationships. That I'm sure of. What we often do is we, we minimize, minimize words. Because we think of, you know, it's, it's small little things. It, it's spoken in little moments. I, I didn't mean it to just roll out of my tongue. You know, Marnie, um, you know, you must understand that I'm a one that just speaks fast. I've, I've, I'm, just, I'm just sharp with my mouth and we've got all these excuses because we think it's of no, of no consequence. We cannot be further from the truth. James continues in verse 9. He says, sometimes... These words, this tongue, it praises our Lord and Father. <clears throat> Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Do you hear that? The same, very same words that we, that the very same mouth, tongue that we use to say, we praise you, Lord Jesus, we worship your name. Then he's created beings made in the image of him who we worship. We turn to them and we curse curse them in the way we speak to them. Same mouth. That's what he's saying. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that's not right. Verse 11. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. And what James is saying to us here is, your words always reveal the true character and condition of your heart. And see, Christ says in another place, he says, it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart will rule your words, will come out of your mouth. Our hearts may be not as pure as we think they are. Just listen to the, the words coming out. Because James says, salt water does not come from a pure spring. Cursing doesn't come from a heart filled with blessing. And so often we have all sorts of excuses why we use uh, 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 harsh words. We curse just flippantly. Like words come out, especially when we're angry. 
You know, when you bump your toe, or when a when a hot coal falls on your toe, <laughs> it's always interesting. When I stand around the fire, I always have to. I've tested it sometimes. When I stand around a fire and I'm busy brying and uh, a coal, or I step on a hot coal. I always take note of what comes out of my mouth because whatever is in my heart will most surely, most assuredly come out of my mouth at that moment. Safe so far, but that's how I test my what is in my heart sometimes. And see, we often think our problem with talk exists outside of us. You know, they, he made me do it. You know, it's my circumstances that's causing this. But actually, what we need to recognize and acknowledge is that 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 it's not does not the problem of talk does not exist outside of us, but it exists within us. It's inside of us. Your words always reveal the true character and condition of your heart. You never have spoken a word that was not ruled by your heart. How's that? You have never spoken a word that has not been ruled by your heart. Words, word problems are heart problems. I have found through the years, as my God has started changing my heart, and my wife can attest to this, as I allowed God to change my heart, my heart, I don't have only one heart, I've, I've changed my heart. What has come out of my mouth has been more gentle more caring, more loving, more gracious as time has gone on. And oh, I'm still not a finished product, but it's most definitely changed. And it started by me allowing God to change my heart, to transform my heart. Jesus wants to lay claim of every thought you have, of every intention you have, of every desire you have, of every motive of your heart. He wants your heart. What does cursing, anger, impatience, bitterness still flow out of our hearts? It's because in our hearts there is still a war. A war between my kingdom and his kingdom. Basically, I'm not getting what I want. There's a war. In one of the other messages in James, I'll be talking about that. What we need to acknowledge today is that you and I need help. And now, I've said it many times, help is not a consequence of the fall. We are made to need help. That's why God gave Adam if he needed a helper. God helped me to remove some of the sharpness in my tongue. He can help you. I, 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 I have this, uh, the, I am prone to sarcasm. And a while ago I decided like, mm, I think that needs to change. Uh, I'm seldom lost for words. I'm really saying, Lord, help me change my heart. So, so when I shoot from the hip, that it'll be gracious, kind words. I'm a work in progress. Many of you will attest to that. And God places this mirror of James 3 before us. And, 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 and He's saying, I love you. I want to rescue you 
from this claustrophobic confines of your own self-defined kingdom, which you, of course, are on the throne. Why do I want to do that? So that I can live in the glory and beauty of His kingdom. He wants to rescue us from our kingdom so that we can live in His kingdom for His glory. I think that's pretty cool. We need to start owning our helplessness. And, 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 and it's linked with an understanding of the gospel. I always, I always know people do not understand the gospel when they sit in front of me and they somehow just want to blame and they just want to see the bad in the other person and the other but but they can't own their own state of heart. They they don't see their own wickedness and their own sin. We need to today own our own helplessness. James is saying no man can tame the tongue. He's right. No man can tame the tongue. But Jesus can. Our hope in our struggle with words is found in one word and one word only. Jesus. The word. Interesting. The word. You, you know, what I see in scriptures that this redeemer that wants to rescue us lived a perfect life. And his perfection was most powerfully demonstrated by his talk. No deceit was ever found in his mouth. He never sp spoken a word uh, of, uh, or made a threat to anyone or a word in jest. E and everything he did wa was perfect in every way. He lived a perfect life because he knew we could never live it. So he lived the perfect life and the life we cannot live. And because we are in Christ and Christ is in us, we can live a perfect life in Christ. He lived that perfect life for you and me. He went to the cross as the perfect Lamb of God. He suffered and died for you and me. So that we can go on our knees today and say, I need your help. I need forgiveness. I need to be rescued. I need grace. I have a heart problem. I need a triple, quadruple heart bypass. I need all the help I can get. You see, you and I will either minimize and justify our world of talk, our world of trouble, or we will look at the cross. We will look in the mirror of the word and allow the gospel to speak into our hearts and so that we be convicted, so that it will lead us to confessing and say, Lord, I now see the condition of my heart because you are the only one able to accurately, to act accurately, show me the condition of my heart. And I come and I want to confess that I need help. And I want to repent and ask that you will help me to move from the throne of my own kingdom and allow you to sit on the throne of the kingdom of my heart. I want you to rescue me. And see, there's, there's no in-between. And there's hope for us. I don't want to leave you without hope. And there's hope for this little member called the tongue. 
this little tongue that's got so much power because I believe his grace is available and sufficient in those small mundane moments when our heart is 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 informing our mind or or connected to our to our tongue and it speaks out words his enabling grace can can be with us and minister to us in those small moments that we talk his strength is made perfect in our weakness I want to pray for us. I want to leave us with hope. We place our hope in Christ. Can I pray with us as we come to the end of our time together? Father, I want to thank you for your glory. I want to thank you for your grace that you'd empower us to do what we cannot do without you. And if we're hopeless, Lord, our heart conditions is, our condition is terminal. We ask that you will change our hearts. We want to surrender and humble ourselves today. We want to humble ourselves. We need your help. Minister to us today. Fill us with your life. Convict us of our sin. Help us to change in this way, this powerful tool you've given us so that we can speak words that has got a life direction and not death. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. It was such a privilege. I love sharing God's Word. And before you go away and and start the rest of your day, I want you to pause for a moment. And wherever you're watching this, it might be Zoom, online, on your own, at home, wherever, with somebody else, won't you take the time and maybe turn to somebody and maybe just confess and just say you know what I, I need help uh, and maybe pray with one another uh, maybe maybe depending on in what context you, you, you're watching this uh, share with others uh, what is the one thing that you take away from this uh, maybe ask some other questions get perspective but don't let don't just move on from this moment it's just like oh, that's a message yeah that's okay and move on but let us wrestle with the word of God and the truth of this spoken God bless. Looking forward to see you again soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions or would like to connect, email us at connect at gospelcentral.church or visit our website gospelcentral.church. God bless.